So, base is loaded, bottom of the seventh. That is where we are joining this game live on today's episode of Lockdown Guardians. It has already been a game to talk to for multiple reasons. We'll get into all of the fun. Tristan McKenzie dominant, Jose Ramirez gone deep on today's episode of Lockdown Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Bases loaded. Jose Ramirez is up to bat. Uh, we have seen a grand slam with this. We have seen him already have a home run and a double in this one. Uh, I was listening, to, watching the game, I should say, and listening. But watching the game when Jose hit that home run and what was entertaining about it is afterwards they talked about, you know, he'll occasionally swing and miss or have a bad swing. And yeah, he had literally done it on the pitch before uh, he had gotten caught up. And that's the thing with Jose. That is why he's the best third baseman in baseball, one of the best hitters in baseball, full stop. Uh, he does not get fooled for long. And it is interesting, like watching it here, it's a 1-1 count currently. We that pitch with a uh, Abreu Brian Brian Abreu I believe is the reliever. That call in the upper right hand corner I've been called a few times tonight. It's been a bigger zone in general as I've been watching this game, but Jose has a reputation now. He gets borderline calls and he's getting that call here as we have a one one count. Uh, Guardians with a four nothing lead. If you uh, are just joining, ooh that was a bit of a low one. And see that's the thing, like it wasn't necessarily a great swing. But it was darn near a double. That's the second one that's been golfing for him in this at bat. And I, they're replaying right now where he like went down to one knee. Uh, and then the next pitch just took it out. Like just took it out of the park against, um, you know, I can't remember who was in at that point in time in the game. But uh, yeah, I, watching that play develop, they're trying to hammer him low. That seems to be the approach here. That was the approach that was going on in the previous inning. It doesn't matter. He's got a home run. He's got a double. Uh, there's no real way to win when you're facing Jose Ramirez in the batter's box. Uh, that one was 99 and about at his chin. Uh, just while we're waiting for you know the 2-2 two and two count here, Tristan McKenzie. Listen, I was not his biggest fan. That's just the truth. I get some wrong. I get some right. Uh, in this case, I got it wrong. Boy, he has stepped forward this year. He has been far and away their best hitter. This is a... Oof, that could be a double play ball. And then they threw it away. That's the thing. Jose's speed causes what most often would be a double play ball. Uh, I also don't know if you necessarily... I mean, yeah, running to tag the runner is the best call. Uh, I didn't see who was covering second, if there's anyone he could get it to there. But Jose's speed and base running means that they go out there and they rush the throw. A bad throw occurs, and instead of being a double play, it's a fielder's choice, and the Guardians get the fifth run across in this one. Uh, again, it's just reputa- two across, five and six, because then when they throw it away, Smart heads up base running by Miles Straw. He Maley was at third, so Maley comes across. That ball gets away. Straw takes the extra base. Good on Straw to be a heads-up and aggressive base runner. And, I mean, like I said, that's that's a huge insurance. And Jose steals second, and then they throw it into the outfield. And now you got the... <laughs> Just don't want to cough on Mike again. One second here. 
Listen, we know he's a great defender. We know he is an elite hitter. But honestly, the base running is just one of those big separators. He's one of the best base runners in baseball. He gets, you know, he does more extra bases. He gets more on the base pads than just about any hitter. He's got good speed, but it's just so smart. And the steal there, and again, uh, Straw also with a great play there. And here we go. What could have been a double play gets two across, and you still have a runner at second base because they rushed a throw because they were afraid of Jose's wheels. Uh, But get back to it, McKenzie. So far, six innings, two hits, one walk, three strikeouts. Again, I'd like to see him strike out a few more, but that's just not necessarily his game. Only 79 pitches, so I assume we're going to see him for another inning. Uh, The second hit was off the wall uh, just in that last sixth inning. He, I mean, he had set down nine in a row at one point in time. Uh, what a fantastic game for him against a very, very, very tough lineup. One of the best offenses in baseball, and he's made it look easy. What a performance by by Tristan McKenzie. Right now, it's like McKenzie and uh, Jose are easily the two stars in this one. Uh, in terms of the third star, it might be Luke Maley. I mean, he's two for two right now. Uh, he doesn't. The other extra base hit belongs to Fran Mill Reyes who's one for three, but uh, I believe, so Straw has a hit and a walk, and but Maley's got two hits and a walk, so he's probably your third star going right now in this game. Uh, Owen Miller, I turned my head to look at the stats, is probably struck out, I'm assuming. Yeah, you know, he's been coming a little bit back to earth. You know, obviously he's not an 850, he's probably still not an 851 OPS type of guy. He's you know, a shade or two above 110, maybe 115, 120, but still you'll take that, certainly. But we're seeing the regression that was inevitable with both Quan and Miller and to a degree like Jimenez, who's over three today. Uh, they're all playing a little bit above their heads. But again, I, I say that, but I still think they can all be like 110 to 130 runs created pluses. I think they can still be 10 to 20 to 30% better in most of the league. I, I believe in them as hitters. I believe in the youth movement on this team going forward. Uh, I think those three guys, you will have to see. It is what? We're in halfway through May with the late start of the season. You know, how many games have we played? Before we get too attached to anyone, let's just take a moment and remember Bobby Bradley from a year ago, where at this point in time, well, not this point in time because he hadn't been called up, but after his first, you know, 30 games, and he was the revelation, right? Well, his regression to mean, unfortunately, went well beyond that. But we, you always have to be careful. We always have to not overcorrect and not undercorrect. Uh, we don't want to assume that uh, they're going to naturally keep playing at a, you know, MVP level. But we also don't want to assume that, uh, you know, Stephen Kwan was just a flash in the pan. Because, again, Jose Ramirez and Andres Jimenez. I told that story before the season even began. I said, Look at their ages. Look at their level. You know, look at the levels of. There's a lot of room in comparison for those two players who had success, then struggled, and had to spend some extra time in the minors. Sometimes it's not a straight road. It rarely is. It rarely. Look at you know Bobby Witt, Spencer, Spencer Torkelson. They were supposed to be the rookies this year. It has not been the case. So uh, now I'm not saying that they won't turn into future all stars. I think both of them likely will. Man, Naylor, <laughs> for the love of God, dude. <laughs> foul ball off his ankle <coughs> excuse me you just got can't get rid of this spring cold um this dude just you know the the fastball off the elbow yesterday 
where I was like, come on, and then just fouls it right off his ankle. Right into the, luckily I think he hit it right into the shin guard. Probably still doesn't feel good, but at least he got it right into the guard. Um, man, he's, you just, you, you can't help but wonder, like, what's, like, you shouldn't be this unlucky. He just should not be this unlucky. He shouldn't be constantly having these little health issues, little health uh, scares. Uh, he just seems to be a magnet for the baseball, and they're now going to show that replay of the 99-mile-an-hour ball to the elbow that made me go, did he just shatter his elbow yesterday? We're going to take our first break here uh, in the midst of discussing this game. Uh, we'll come back, and we will keep at it on today's episode of Locked on Guardians. So our sponsor today is Bet Online, and I'd be very curious. Is there anyone out there who's taking my knowledge and using it to their advantage? Anyone who sits there and goes, because I'm, I'm betting there's a decent chance that the Guardians were not favored in this one. And I said this is one where they have the advantage. They have a pitching matchup advantage. It's Houston's worst versus Cleveland's best. So is anyone out there listening to me? Is anyone going to bet online and making some money off of my knowledge? I'd be curious to know because maybe I should start going to bet online myself and making money off of my own knowledge. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So while we don't have Nacho Cinnamon, uh, has decided to join us on the podcast today as a secondary co-host. Uh, she is uh, mostly known for occasionally jumping in and deciding that she wants to be held when I do some of my Locked On Now reaction videos. But she is, uh, she's hanging out, enjoying this game, probably, I assume, hunting for bugs in the basement. Speaking of smashing bugs, uh, you know, I, it's, I don't really have a great transition. Naylor walked. Uh, it's not like he hit a, a wicked line drive or something. But uh, with that, we have a pitching change, and Shane Martinez is coming in uh, for, with, uh, with Naylor. That's uh, his first time reaching base today. And, you know, Fran Mill Reyes is up. I appreciate having Reyes six. I still kind of would rather flip him and Jimenez, but so, I mean, I'd rather flip Rosario and Jimenez, if I'm being honest. So, you know, it is what it is. They're not going to change this lineup. I understand that. It is interesting that, like, Rosario gets so much more uh, rope than Fran Mill got. When they're both pretty terrible, like, which one has gotten the move down? It's not been... Fran Mill got bumped. Rosario's still in that two-hole. I just don't get it. Overall in this one, you know, it's been all Guardians. We, we talked about it. McKenzie's been dominant. The offense has you know, produced six runs. Houston has two hits and two errors. It is a fun game after what has been a not-so-fun stretch to be a Guardians fan. Uh, you know, I, I have some things to... So, recently at school, I, uh, I, we use a program that gives students short articles... And one of them was on Babe Ruth. And I bring this up now because it's not a fact I knew. So I'm curious if other people knew about this. That when he retired from baseball, the only managerial opening was in Cleveland, who had no interest in the time. Can you imagine the change history of baseball? I might do a whole what if on this. Uh, because there's some interesting thoughts on Babe Ruth. You know, obviously he was a character. Obviously he did a lot of things. And there's a reason why he never got that managerial chance that a lot of other players got. But there's some thoughts that he was could have been uh, helped 
be a trailblazer if Cleveland had given him that opportunity. So I'm going to, I'm going to do some, some more research and some time, but I think we're gonna have an interesting what if scenario at some point in the off day future. <laughs> Inevitably, there will be a day where, you know, nothing is going on and we will dig into that. But I thought it was kind of an interesting thing. Uh, it, the whole thing stuck with me and uh, Reyes hits it right to Bregman, but I believe that's foul. So we'll just continue to count it two and two. Uh, a student who has not remembered any details on any of these stories all year has been asking me questions all week. I know you're saying, and last week. So it's, you know, it's not just like, you're like, it's Tuesday, Jeff. It's not been that long. But for whatever reason, this particular article on this particular person has really intrigued my student. And it's led me to doing a lot of Babe Ruth research to help uh, in- make that student a uh, more fulfilled learner. Oh, see, and that's the thing right there. Like, that is that ball's outside. Like, Franville just got hosed. That is a ball... A hundred percent. We talked about Jose getting those around the corners. Uh, Fran Mill did not. That that was not. That was a bad call right there to end the seventh for Fran Mill Reyes and the Cleveland Guardians. You know, you, you, there's no. I, let me know if you disagree. If you didn't think that was the worst call in the world, I'm gonna answer some questions that I've gotten on Twitter uh, recently. Let's go through and discuss because again, you know, when we're sitting here doing kind of the live show off the cuff. It helps to have additional information. It's a perfect time for a mailbag. Uh, B1 Dibble, Brandon Dibble, asked about why um, John's, John Kesey Noel is on the 40-man. And it all comes down to this. The Guardians were afraid they were going to lose him. Even though there has been no player who was playing first or third base below high A that has been selected in the last decade of the Rule 5, the Guardians were still so afraid of him going away that they uh sorry uh just looking at some breaking news uh that they were afraid he'd get signed now he's not been particularly grand he's been okay and the reason they had to be added is uh at the end of five years as a non-college player four years if you are a college player essentially uh you have to be added to the 40 man or you're exposed to the rule five draft the interesting bit of news is that kyle lewis is getting ready to be activated by the Seattle Mariners. Uh, If you've been listening to this show religiously, then you know that Kyle Lewis is a player I have often thought would be a great fit for the Cleveland Guardians. You know, he had that 2020 Rookie of the Year season. Uh, He has been very productive through his career in the minors. I still think, you know, you just look at health is the big concern. I mean, health issues dating back to Mercer College days. Yep, Mercer. But even, you know, his people talked about he had a down year last year. 246 average, 333 on base, and 725 OPS and 130 at-bats. Like, that's still not bad. It's better than what the Guardians were getting out of Mercado. It's better than what they're getting out of their current right field situation. Uh, and, yeah, if everything works out, maybe he's more like the 2019 or 2020 seasons, which, you know, 2019 was only 71 games. But you look at those two combined years, and he was awesome. He was a fantastic uh, potential middle-of-the-order bat. So I'm still all in on Kyle Lewis. I just saw he was trending. But yeah, uh, John Kesey got added because they had to. Uh, And they were afraid they were going to lose him. And they even went against everything they had seen to, you know, in terms of historical trends to go ahead and uh, add him to the roster. So, uh you know, I, I really rely on feedback from the listeners, and I'm just going to be honest right now, in terms of that feedback, uh, that sound you heard uh, was the cat, but uh, we're having a 
<laughs> a night of no sleep here in my household uh, as this game is going on. It's 9.30 my time, 10.30 on the East Coast. Uh, Trish McKenzie is now through seven with 92 pitches. I just utterly having a fantastic game. I don't believe there were any base runners in that inning uh, for him. But uh, with no one sleeping in my household, that means occasionally I have to jump up because the daughter is at the stairs and my son is uh, screaming his head off. Now, he is on the second floor and I'm in the basement, so I'm hoping it's not getting picked up. But I know uh, people have complained the mic has been too light. So also let me know how the sound is. I am You can see it in the screen of the YouTube video. I am making concerted efforts to be closer to hope that that will rectify some of those issues. Uh, so let me know about that. And then let me know if you can hear a baby screaming. Just honestly, that'll help me in terms of trying to figure out uh, what I can record around and what I cannot record around. But yeah, that's such such is life as a parent. I'm sure there's more than a few out there who understand and can uh, identify uh, <laughs> with that. So in this game, uh, again, you know, not much. Oh, no, the Astros got to run in that one. See, this is the problem. You know, the kid comes down, I get distracted, I gotta run upstairs, Alex Bregman hits a home run, that is the third hit of the game for uh, Boston, I completely missed that, I was upstairs tucking in a, a kid for the 18th time tonight, uh, she has had as many tuck-ins as um, Jose Ramirez extra base hits uh, all year for Jose, uh, it's been one of those evenings, but yeah, a Alex Bregman home run in the sixth, completely missed that one on my end of it. For uh, that is just the third hit, the one walk as well. So four base runners, one hit. Uh, still a sterling outing and 92 pitches for McKenzie, or 95 pitches, I should say. At one point, I thought it said 92, but he, I think he might still come out there for the eighth. We'll see. But I think he could come out for the eighth with Class A coming out for the ninth. And well, maybe not. Six to one, five run game. Maybe we don't see him. Who hasn't? Maybe Eli Morgan. It's like who it's been a, who who has it been a while since they pitched? You know what? We will take our third third or second commercial break. I'm gonna go see who I would predict might get some opportunities because again, this is a home run prone team and a home run prone park. I don't know if this is the the matchup you want to really be running Eli Morgan out there for. Uh, but we're gonna take that break, come back, and discuss the end of this one as it is top of the eighth. Andres Jimenez is out there. On deck. Not on deck. He's out there swinging a bat. And our sponsor today is Athletic Greens. I've talked about it many times. When I got my box of Athletic Greens, it's one of the nicest things I've ever gotten. The packaging is fantastic. The I, the tin that it comes with is great. Like Even one of those things where, let's say you decide the packets are better for you. I personally like the packets. It's just simpler to do one at a time and uh, drop those in. I, now I use the tin for coffee. While I still use the product, I'm still using the individual ones. Uh, I love it as someone who likes, I mean, I got, I got some green tea right here. That's what's in this coffee mug today. It's the evening. I'm taking some green, green tea at night. Uh, if you like, if you're like me, you like the green tea, you like kind of that earthy taste. That is what I say. Athletic greens is like a little bit of citrus as well, but it is a fantastic product. Uh, good buddy, Lindsay over on the prospects podcast offered to pay shipping to anyone in network who, uh, who had extra. He was going to be like, I will pay for you to give it to me. That's how much people like it. And like I said, I like it. I enjoyed using Athletic Greens every single day. As someone who's had digestive health issues, uh, I'm always looking for something that can help me feel just a little bit better. And you should check out Athletic Greens for yourself. 
Remember that when you go and check out Athletic Greens, to make it easy, they're going to give you a free one-year supply of immunosupporting vitamin D and five free travel packets. Those are what I like. All you have to do is visit Athletic Greens backslash MLB Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Would you consider that a Texas leaguer in the eighth by Luke Maley? Uh, I was trying to remember the exact, you know, I... So when I was in high school, I did this thing called uh, Academic Challenge in Ohio. And uh, I remember I one time won a match about a by getting that. Like, what sport features Baltimore Chops and Texas Leaguers? And that I think that's what got us to states one year. We won regionals on that question. Uh, so, yes, a, t- a pop fly that falls to the ground between the infield and outfield and results in a base hit. We just had a Texas Leaguer. Uh, there we go. That's something you don't always see. Luke Maley, what a game. Is that his third hit? Like, I was all set to focus in on, uh, Stephen Kwan. Yeah, Mook, Mook, no, Luke. See, I do that often. I'm sure you guys hear that. I naturally speak in spoonerisms. I, I just jump ahead. Uh, Luke Maley, not Mook Laley, but Luke Maley, three hits today, uh, up to a 333 batting average. Before that last hit, he was hitting 300. Uh, Steve, I was, I wanted to give Stephen Kwan like big credit for like advancing to third on that hit, the, on the Texas leaguer realizing, and then he gets himself caught in a rundown at, uh, like that's, you can't do that. Like for Kwan, it's when that ball is on the ground there, you just, you, you don't get that far off the bag. Like it's going right to third. You can't be that far down the line. You got good wheels. You don't need that advantage. That's just, that's, I wanted to give him credit and then he. Kind of squashed it there. But what a game by Maley. I will say for Quan, he was batting 259 before that hit. Back to 266 now. Uh, he still gives him that defensive flexibility. He moves around on the diamond. He's still doing things well. Even if he's hitting eighth, it may not be the, the performance we were hoping for, even at the start of the year. Uh, if I were to pull up his stats, let's see. What is his runs creative plus about right now? I'm kind of curious to go look at that. Uh, it's still 125. Still seems incredibly high. His war is down to 0.5. Uh, Fangraphs actually does not like his defensive value, so that's affecting him. But he's you know 267 because he's on base. He's still got his 373 on base. He's still uh, walking 13 and a half percent of the time, so just 7.9 percent strikeout. If I'm just like word of told, 17 walks, 11 strikeouts. In 30 games. Like, he's still a positive producer. Oh, this is live stats. So, <laughs> over the course of the game, he's now down to a 123, being one for three. Maybe this isn't updated with the, the most recent hit. But, yeah, no, he's, you know, there's this tendency, again, to overcorrect because he was so good and to ignore the fact that, yeah, like, he's come back to earth, but he still walks. He still gets on base. Uh, you know, he's never going to have high slugging percentages. That's never going to be a strong component of his game. But there are a lot of things he does very well and will continue to do well. So who might we see for the Guardians in this one? So who hasn't pitched? Like in the last week, Anthony Ghost has not pitched uh, all, <laughs> all last week. He didn't have any appearances. Uh, the only pitchers with multiple appearances were Shaw, uh, Stefan, and Classe. That's it. Everyone else is, you know, Morgan, De Los Santos, Sandlin, Henches. Uh, Ghost is the only one who didn't appear at all. So right now it's like, I guess uh, Sandlin's probably the second longest out. So maybe we see Sandlin, maybe we see uh, Aniel, 
Uh, Mercado flied out to end the inning there. That's the thing, though. They keep nine base runners or nine hits, four walks for the Guardians. They just keep getting guys on base. They're not making it easy on the Astros or their pitching staff. We'll have to see how this goes over the next two innings. Uh, well, I'm going to do a internal pause break here so we don't go super long. Uh, and then we'll come back. Oh, my co-host. People are commenting about how they come for Nacho. So we had one cat. Here's the other one. Nacho, what do you want to say? Anything on the mic here? Nope, he has nothing to add. He just wants to pop up and make sure he gets his attention with his grumpy 15-year-old face. So, yeah. That's his addition to the podcast. I do enjoy the people commenting uh, that they come for Nacho or that their family likes Nacho. It's amusing to me uh, greatly that, uh, you know, this is the Cats and Baby podcast. Also, we talk a little baseball. But, uh, yeah, we're going like to we're pause here. We're at about 25 minutes in total. So want to come back uh, if things get interesting and or as we near the end of this one. Now seems like the perfect time to rejoin. I... You know, I, I called that Nick Sandlin would likely get action. Uh, I don't know, kind of speaks to Anthony goes to situation that he does not even get put out of the pen here. But Sandlin, it's the Sandlin experience, right? Like, control issues leading to walks and strikeouts because no one knows where that ball is going to go. Uh, gets the runners on. Just too weak of a hit by Altuve to get that extra run. And now you got Michael Brantley up uh, with runners on second and third two outs and they go to Henches and you know I'll stand by any statement that Henches has been the third my hair is just it's downside his video podcast I might have to switch over to the cap uh there we go I'm not gonna have to fuss with it anymore uh you know Henches has been the third best reliever for this team all year that's just the truth of the matter he has been better than Shaw uh and that's not up for debate or arguing the only arguing is if you want to rank him higher that's where you can debate uh, Henches. Now, I was someone, <laughs> this is just the pitching game of the guys that I uh, I was wrong on. You know, I I didn't see the point in keeping Henches just because his stuff never really seemed to show much. But, you know, that the new pitch and just being focused in the pen has been a, a godsend. And for a team that, you know, I spent all last offseason being like, okay, Loki need his bullpen. Loki need his bullpen. When you got Trevor Steffen and Sam Henches looking like, you know, what they've looked like which is top how how high do I want to go top 30 relievers top 40 top 20 relievers in baseball that just completely changes the outlook uh, for this Guardians bullpen right now he is two to one to Michael Brantley who's over three Brantley is still just a Mr. Professional as a hitter switch over to the screen you know it's I remember interviewing him back in the day when he was rehabbing in Akron and he was just a uh the most awkward interview he just had no interest in doing it but you could also just feel the frustration coming off of him he just did not know what was wrong with his shoulder he just wanted it to be better and he wanted to go out there and hit and really it's it's a testament to him that you go back to that 2016 2017 season where he played in a combined 110 games uh since then I mean he's been 148 46 in the shortened year uh, 121 last year, 36 so far this year, and you know 3.8 war in 2019, 1.2, 2.3, 1.0 already this year. He's just a professional hitter. Uh, he is, you know, before the Jose Ramirez contract, there was the Michael Brantley contract. 
And uh, you want to speak about, I guess it's just the episode of me admitting the things I got wrong since I like to brag about the things I get right. I mean, I wrote a whole piece when they gave him his extension. Like, why? What's the point? He's just been league average. Can you imagine a time, the unmitigated gall, where I could be like, we got enough league average outfielders. Why are we giving him an extension? Uh, then he broke out and became, you know, a borderline uh, MVP candidate multiple times. But yeah, do I, there was a point in time where as a writer on the Cleveland Guardians, like, we got enough league average guys. Full count right now for Brantley. Uh, dangerously close to a bases loaded situation. <laughs> Uh, and not what you want because this lineup, it's not like it's going to open up or get easier. Uh, after him is Bregman, you know, who hit the home run last time. And then after that is Jordan Alvarez, who's been their most productive hitter in this lineup. So, yeah, let's just take there we go, Henches. Oh, foul tip, foul tip. I thought for sure that he had missed that one. <sighs> I know it's a five run lead, but you just do you feel comfortable? I don't. Uh, I do not feel comfortable right now. It is too good of a lineup with two base runners on. Like you could, this can turn very quickly. Thank goodness again for Jose Ramirez making the other team nervous. Like if this is a four-one game, well, one we wouldn't have seen Sandlin. I, I don't think they go to him in that situation. I think they would have gone to to Stefan as the natural eighth inning guy. But if Henches is going to kind of step up and be that next tier guy, oh, that was a nice pitch at the bottom of the zone. What a job. Runs to first, takes care of it. Uh, I mean, he got him to swing at one that was just... And he had to swing, because that would have been a strike if he hadn't. What a job by Henches. We are entering the ninth here. I'm going to call it a podcast. Maybe things will go crazy, but I'm just going to watch the ninth, edit this thing up. Uh, I do want to say, we dropped out of the top 200. So make sure that you are rating and reviewing, downloading daily. It really helps the show grow. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. But yeah, let's get back to daily downloads on the podcast side of things. I appreciate the fact that the YouTube gets almost 100 views a day. We're up to like 220 subscribers, so uh, let's keep pushing that. It's been like three months. Let's let's try to to keep pushing upwards and onwards. Let's break that thousand barrier. That is the dream. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll figure out some incentives for things as we move up. Uh, and then, uh, as always, you know, comment. Let me know what you want to hear in those comments on YouTube, on my Twitter, at Draft. That helps dictate the show. Uh, that's what's going to help determine, you know, when I talk about ideas for the show on here, like, are we going to do those? What am I going to do? Like, when there's an off day, am I going to do a whole day on prospects? Do I do a whole day on the draft? Do I do a historical piece? Do I do a what-if piece? Uh, there's all sorts of things we can do, but it's going to be dictated by what you, the fans, tell me. So make sure to chime in, let your voice be heard. And again, rate and review, follow us on iTunes. I guess that's a thing now. Um, and then subscribe on YouTube as well to help us out. And just make sure you're downloading daily. Because again, we dropped out of the top 200. We haven't been out of the top 200 in a while. I know it was a rough week and the Guardians had a ton of games canceled, but you got to help me out here. Uh, but again, thank you to everyone who you know listens even once a week. I appreciate all of you. And as I end every show now, go, go Guardians, go.